Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. They will advance to the divisional round where they will host the Kansas City Chiefs. He played a Super Bowl in another team's stadium that uh-huh. was at home, and there were still only 24,000 people there. I'm extremely excited, honestly. I mean, I know it's going to be a hostile environment. They have a great fan base. I know they're going to be wanting to win that football game, and I'm sure there'll be some trash talking going on. I'm just happy it's going to happen. They've gotten the best of us in the playoffs in the last few years and finally got a home game and just got to go out there and put our best foot forward and, and play as hard as we can play. I'm very confident in the Mafia. I know that they're going to bring it, and I'm hoping that they bring it to the highest that they've ever brought it because I'm excited to see them. I'm hoping the Mafia brings all of everything like it's all or nothing because I'm expecting it to be the loudest that I've ever heard and the swaggiest that I've ever seen and the snowiest that I've ever seen. So see you guys soon. You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on the home of the Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. Are you ready for it? Football Friday. It is brought to you by, presented by Tops Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Jeremy and Joe, producer Josh, Josh Schmidt. Sal Capaccio is going to join us here as we get you ready for this game. We've got lots coming up. Carrington Harrison, 610 Sports in Kansas City at 8 o'clock. Chris Brown, all hands on deck. And uh, tomorrow we find out where the AFC Championship game will be played. Tomorrow, 4-15, it's Ravens and Texans. It'll either be in Baltimore or at the home of the team that wins Sunday here at uh, at Highmark Stadium. Sal Capaccio joins us on the Western Hotline. Good morning, Sal. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I mean, we'll know tomorrow night. Yep. And I keep thinking what you just said, and I keep thinking about if the Texans do upset the Ravens, and I know it's a you know long shot odds wise, how much more juice that game on Sunday will have, right? Knowing you could win that game and host again, it's unbelievable to think about. Yeah, to win, to be home, to be favored. I mean, they're home and they're favored this yeah. week against the Chiefs. And you know, Sal, it's funny. Like I'm sure you've gone on in Kansas City this week, and it's it's not like these two teams' fan bases, media, they're not strangers to one another. This has been a back and forth each and every year, and here we are. It's finally a game that's going to be here, and there's going to be a run of games here. You, you've kind of laid this out that for the next few years, the Chiefs will be regular visitors to Highmark Stadium. Yeah, right. The um, last few years, you know, people have asked, how come the Bills always go to the Chiefs? How come they're always at Kansas City? And it's just the way that the schedule has fallen. And, 
you know, I've, I've write, written an article about it. People can go search it up. Why do the Bills always play Kansas City? It's going gonna, it's gonna to change. <clears throat> it's going to change starting now, but really even next year in the regular season. Um, next year, because of the where they finish, the Chiefs will come to Buffalo, and then that could happen the following year, and it will happen the year after that because of the schedule rotation. Um, the, 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 the real reason, you know, yes, it's three years in a row, but because the Bills have to keep going to Kansas City in the playoffs is why it feels like it's just every single time. Well, that wasn't predetermined. That's because the Bills finished lower than the Chiefs in the seating. And then I do remind people that Patrick Mahomes has played here, but as you guys have talked about, it was without fans, right? I mean, he came here in 2020. It was a COVID year. There were no fans here. I, and I also point out, remember, the Steelers came to Buffalo three years in a row as well, but we don't remember that or think about it because it wasn't as much on the line when they met in the playoffs. They didn't meet in the playoffs until this year, and the Steelers came back to Buffalo again. Well, Sal, let's talk about the injuries. We'll check the Barnes Firm injury report brought to you by the Barnes Firm car crash call 1-800-8 million. Things didn't get really any better yesterday other than the players that are progressing no. continue to progress, right? There's, there's not any major up or down either way. <clears throat> yeah, I would say the only one that's um like was was up is Sam Martin. He was limited yesterday, uh, which is good news. Sam Martin, the punter, he was a non-participant on Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday. Obviously, that's good. And then you did have a downgrade, but Stefan Diggs, it was a vet rest. I'm not really worried about it. They did attach the word foot to it, which is interesting and concerning maybe, but I wouldn't read too much into it right now. We'll wait till today. Now, Stefan usually gets a Friday vet rest day. He got it on Thursday this week, so we'll keep an eye on that today. We'll have Sean McDermott on the Extra Point Show. He will give us first on our show, you know, the injury report and who's declared out, if anybody. As far as the rest of the guys, everybody was the same status. Christian Benford didn't practice. Terrell Bernard didn't practice. Gabe Davis didn't practice. Taylor Rapp didn't practice. Bill Inspector didn't practice. The list is long and also encouraging uh, Taron Johnson did practice again for the second day in a row, even though he's in concussion protocol in a red jersey. I think that's a real good sign that, you know, hopefully he'll be ready to play on Sunday and he'll clear protocol. Dodson and Douglas back practicing again, which obviously is good. That's two days in a row for them. What do you make of the Von Miller chatter? I don't know if you've seen this. There's been a, a little bit of an uptick in, I don't know, people thinking he might be ready to make a contribution. He had two pressures this last <laughs> week and saw uh-huh. a highlight where it looked like he w- he was looking better. You know, the Bills have been committed to keeping him on the field uh, despite not getting really any returns and maybe it's with the idea that it'll it'll be there it'll be there at some point he he's going to make a difference for them do you think there's any chance that he is closer or, or about to cross a threshold to maybe being someone that can contribute while at practice yesterday I didn't see him wearing anything on his knees guys I thought you know that was interesting a couple of people in the media we pointed that out and looked at it now, I can't remember for sure if that's the first time, but it feels like it is. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe it's like, oh, well, last week that was the same thing someone could point out to me. But I don't remember seeing that or thinking about it. It's not something I normally look at, but it was noticeable yesterday just for whatever reason. So, yeah, and, you know, it's a it's a regular practice in the field house, but I remember for a while he would have something, some sort of brace there. So I would say that's good. And, yeah, I think that he's played a little better even in the Miami game. I thought he had a... A couple of, you know, maybe not pressures, but at the end of the game, it was a little more impactful, like he was around the quarterback a little bit than last week. And I was surprised when they made him a healthy scratch. I didn't think they would do that, but I just I can't see him doing that in the playoffs, right? Once once you get to the playoffs, I'm thinking, this is why you got Von Miller. And I think that if you get to the end of a game and you need a sack and you don't get it, 
I think you'd probably be really wondering, hey, should we have had this guy out there? Should we have had the, he is Von Miller. All we needed was one play. And if he gave us 70 plays of nothing, maybe he gave us that one play. So to me, it's always felt like he would be on the field in the playoffs. And this is one of those games, especially guys considering the opponent. This isn't the Steelers where they're just going to want to run the ball and probably, you know, not throw it 30 times. This is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm sure they would love to run the ball, but they're going to throw the ball and they're going to drop back. And we've heard about their tackle issues this year, right? Their tackle issues. They've had, they've been a little bit Mm -hmm. weaker on the edges this year. And I think that, you know, that would definitely scream to me, maybe Vaughn has an opportunity to make a play or two that could be impactful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his snap count hasn't been so high anyway, Sal, so it's usually situational. Right. But really even, like, man, like, it, him not doing anything this year, I, I said this earlier, that the Bills have just done a great job of replacing that. The Chief game in the regular season, the final play of the game, Mahomes has fourth and long to keep it alive, and Leonard Floyd beats Juwan Taylor as clean as possible, and Mahomes has to get rid of the football, and there's nobody there. And Epinesa had a batted pass for an interception earlier in the game. So this isn't just about the Chiefs, but with Vaughn even not producing, the three of, and I really want to include Oliver here, Oliver, Floyd, Epinesa, Rousseau, like I still feel like there's confidence that the Bills have guys that can that can force Mahomes out and in that big spot late, you know, it's not like it's Vaughn or bust basically is all I mean. I agree. Uh, I think it was Josh Reed who said to me at practice yesterday, he said, think about the fact that they're fourth in the NFL in sacks, which they are. Um, Ravens, Chiefs, Dolphins, Bills. By the way, the Chiefs are number two in in sacks. Um, Fourth in league in sacks, and they've gotten nothing from Von Miller. And that's really, I mean, you think about it in in those terms, that's right. I agree. Um, That's a really, you know, great situation to have behind him. You want him to be an impactful player. Of course, you're paying him. That's what he does. That's why he's here. Um, but man, they for all the talk over the last few years of not being able to find pass rushers, they found a pretty good group. I mean, Leonard Floyd has been an amazing addition to this team, right? And then you have the interior guys too, right? I mean, Ed Oliver has really stepped up and he's contributed in that department. And you know, they've been able to kind of get to the quarterback in a number of different ways. Terrell Bernard as a blitzer, now obviously with his injury, but the Bills have found ways to yeah. get to the quarterback. It has been mostly the edge guys, but it hasn't just been the edge guys. And I, I just think that that speaks to the overall team defense that they've played and what you know Sean McDermott and his staff have been able to come up with. I'm glad you mentioned Bernard because as you're talking about ways the Bills have found to get the quarterback down, like Bernard on those blitzes, those delays, six and a half sacks for him. Like That's an element of his game, Sal, that when I think about what they will miss – that's one. He he's really good at closing yeah. out in those spots, making the right read. Sometimes, you know, the read isn't necessarily for him to run or run after the quarterback, but the read's there and he takes it and he's been very effective in that role. I agree. Um you're losing two big things if Terrell Bernard doesn't play. That that is one of them for sure and especially because Jeremy look behind him, the guys that would replace him aren't those guys, right? I mean, Tyrell Dodson can blitz a little bit. He's not going to be as effective like that. As Terrell Bernard has been, and that's not AJ Klein's game, right? If he winds up being the guy that winds up playing, and that, what I mean is, you know, at e- either linebacker spot. The other thing is just in coverage. Now, that's what worries me about this game more than anything on the defensive side. The Bills' defensive side is, you know, if they don't have Terrell Bernard, I think Taron Johnson is progressing well enough to play. So I'll, I'll 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 assume he's going to play right now. 
But even with that, I mean, he better because, you know, in this regard, if he doesn't, then you're even in more dire straits. But to me, it's the second level of the defense and coverage. And I think the, the Chiefs will come into this game looking to attack that area. The Steelers did after they had injuries, and the Steelers were successful. And that's the Steelers. And I think the Chiefs will come into this game looking to attack that linebacker area, looking to attack those guys' coverage. I wonder if the Bills maybe decide to play more dime because of that, move Jordan Poyer down, even in non-traditional passing situations. Maybe that's something. Or, hey, you just roll with it and say, we've got to make plays. I mean, you could that, that probably exactly what they would do. Yeah, that would that almost sounds to me, Sal, a lot like what they did here the last time the Chiefs were here with no fans, where they kind of dared Kansas City to run the ball. More dime, I think, kind of would be this would be similar to that, um, because otherwise, I've been thinking about the Bills being maybe fine in the in the run game this week. As much as Bernard has been great this year, Dodson coming back in, like Dodson's strength usually is in run defense. And I know, Agreed. like, over the – isn't this right? And A.J. Klein says, too. Yeah, we're A.J. Klein, too, right. So if those are your two linebackers, like, you might think that you're still set up well to stop Pacheco. And isn't this right, Sal, that, like, their numbers are bad on the year for rush defense, but they've been better as of late? Uh, the Bills you're talking about? Yes, rush the defense? Bills. Yeah. The, the Bills' rush defense, I think I, I think there's, there's some nuance involved, right? I mean, like, they're not very good in yards per play against. And, look, everyone counts. I'm not dismissing – but I think we saw early in the year they gave up some pretty long runs. And they haven't been as frequent at all of the last, you know, half of the season. And they've really done a really good job the last half of the year, like I said, of, you know, kind of being more buttoned up there. And you've, they've gone against these teams like the Steelers last week. Steelers really didn't get much going on the ground. They might have had a, a run here, a run there that, you know, did some nice damage for them and helped them out and got them in shorter situations. But, yes, I would say that the Bills have done a very good job overall as a run defense. But their yards per play allowed is not great. I have to go look at the actual number. And, I and you know, but I do think that's attributed to earlier in the season, especially figuring out the injuries, some of the um, some of the longer runs that happen. Here's the yards per attempt right now. I got it here. Uh, rush defense, 4.6. They're fifth worst in the league. 4.6 rush defense allowed. So, yeah, that's something there that they want to be better at. But I don't think it's anything that's really killed them most of this year. Sal Capaccio joining us on the Western Hotline. How about Bill's history, Sal? Greatest moments in divisional round history. We got Taron Johnson's pick six, right? Like it's funny. We could talk about this game in terms of um, rosters and who's healthy and who's this, but it's bigger than that. This game will be remembered by Bills fans forever, regardless of the outcome. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those moments where, all right, on on Sunday night, our our sports lives are going to be different. Maybe it's. Yeah. After an iconic play like a Taron Johnson pick six, or if it's a collapse like the head against the Bengals, when you think of this round, the '90s Bills, like the three of us are a little young on that, or not exactly well versed. Like, what are some of the best divisional round memories? Well, I guess I'll say that I'm the old guy then, right? Because I was there, and when they played the Chiefs in '91 uh, in the divisional round, uh, Steve DeBerg was the quarterback. In fact, yesterday, guys, I tweeted out the video of that from YouTube, the entire video, and like how they, you know, they had the NBC studio, and they're interviewing Elway, because, you know, whoever wins, you know, they think they were advanced already, I remember that game, Steve DeBerg comes to town, and what I remember about that game is afterwards, watching all the highlight shows, and Steve DeBerg saying, that was the loudest crowd noise I've ever seen, mm -hmm. 
And I know he said that word, seen, because someone on the panel like Chris Berman said it was so loud you could see it. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the actual comment, right? So Steve DeBerg said about how loud the crowd was in Buffalo. And I think about that. And they, remember these Chiefs that, that came to town a couple of different times that year and then in two years later, uh, which was the final Super Bowl run, but that was the AFC Championship. The other one, I'd say one that immediately comes to mind, is the Bills' first Super Bowl year. 44-34 in the snow, Kelly Marino in the divisional round. That's the game to get to 51-3. to So the Dolphins come to Buffalo for the divisional round. It was pretty clean through most of like the weather through most of the first half. Starts snowing at halftime. In the second half, they're just playing in the snow, and they still put up 78 points against each other, which was incredible. And it was a great night, a great day. Uh, so that one comes to mind as well. Um, you know, there's been some that haven't been as good, uh, you know, going to Pittsburgh in the divisional round and losing, but they did go to the divisional round. They did go to Pittsburgh and win the week after the comeback. They have mm-hmm. the comeback. They go to Pittsburgh and everybody's like, okay, well they had this comeback, you know, they're flying high. Now they got to go to Pittsburgh and the bills just shut the door on them early and Pittsburgh had nothing. And that propelled them to another uh, championship game the week later. Man. So this day, this game for McDermott too, right? Like, you know, Allen's legacy and Mahomes' legacy, like those two, the Manning and Brady comparisons, has gotten more shine, I think, as the week's gone on. But, I mean, it's a big game. It's a huge game. It can't even be overstated for McDermott. I mean, given the way the last playoff game ended, you know, I'm sure for him, like, extra juice to it, whether or not, you know, that's something that he spends time thinking about. You know, how he's talked about, how he's remembered, right? Like, his legacy for sure could be righted, I guess, in this game and can really, not quite a race, but can really, I think, counteract, you know, how mad it still makes people what happened last time. I agree. And I said, you know, I've said a few times this week on different shows, this is a legacy game for Josh Allen. It is kind of a legacy game for Sean McDermott, but it's not lost on me. People say, well, you got to win after this, too. I agree with that. Like, mm-hmm. if if you win this game, then you lose the next week. What does it really do for you, the big picture? But for sure, it would at least say, okay, you finally beat that team. You slayed that team. But you still have to get over the hump, right? I mean, because that's the thing about this team, no matter who it's been. Because last year, it wasn't the Chiefs. It was the Bengals. And, you know, you, you still got to win. And it is. Now, for the, for the Chiefs... Yeah, they're made, right? I mean, they they have Lombardis, yep. and they've won here. So if they come to Buffalo and lose, sure, there's going to be disappointment in Kansas City, and there's going to be a lot of questions about the receivers. But they're not facing the same kind of scrutiny of a loss of this game as you know the people in the Bills organization that have you know not been able to get to a Super Bowl will be you know facing and talked about and those kinds of you know questions and yeah. answers. And I, I wonder too, just how different the rivalry could look. In coming years, we've talked about the Bills and their cap situation over the year, like how next year could be a little bit of a reset year. But either way, even if this isn't the last time, like Hyde and Poyer, we know are getting near the end. And Morse, you know, could be, you know, on the 17th or 18th hole, too. And for the Chiefs sale, like I know I've heard you talk about, you know, the Kelsey brothers, the, the potential of them going out at the same time. And I would add into that. That Chris Jones is in the final year of a contract, and he had a hard-fought right. negotiation and only signed he a one-year yeah. deal. He did. You're right. And, um, you know, especially considering their issues on offense, do they want to go out and get a wide receiver? How much do they want to change the offense? And you're right. They're going to have some challenges. They just gave Mahomes another new deal. Like, he, you know, he's eating up a lot of their cap, right? And the, the struggle is always to win while these guys are making less money. But 
as Josh and Patrick Mahomes go on and they're making the money they're making, it you know it's tough to replace people around the roster because you can't get you know the highest of level of talent. So you're always going to have a little bit of a numbers crunch. So I agree with that. I mean, there's even some rumblings about Andy Reid's future. I don't think that's right. I don't know. I've talked to guys in Kansas City who say, no, no, there's nothing there. He'll be back. But people wonder about it. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that and think that, you know, there could be changes. I mean, there could be cha- there's always changes on coaching staffs. Think about, is Joe Brady, how much does this mean for Joe Brady the next week or so, guys? Yeah. Like, this guy, he, he's the interim offensive coordinator, right? If they go on and win the whole darn thing, like, is he even getting head coaching looks for from teams that haven't hired yet? Are the Bills like, okay, bam, you're the guy now? Um, if they don't, you know, what, what does that process look like? I think there's so many things that are going to probably, you know, take shape maybe due to what happens obviously on Sunday and then the next couple of weeks. Sal Capaccio on the West Tour Hotline. Extra point show coming up today. We're not worried about the game getting delayed, right, for us? No, nothing like that. No question like that. But we will have Pat Hammer on to give us the weekend weather and what it will be like for everybody going out to the stadium and during the game and, you know, getting home from the stadium, of course. And the big news is we will have Sean McDermott give the first – uh, you know, the uh, injury report when he joins us just after 11 a.m. Very good. Could find out if players are ruled out or anything like that. Right. Thank you, Sal. You got it, guys. Thanks. Sal Capaccio coming up 10 o'clock on the Extra Point Show. On the Patrick Hammer portion of it and the weather, there won't be nationwide table pounding for this is why every stadium needs to be a dome. Right? It'll just yep. be a game that's yep. outside. And... Mm-hmm. We won't get that. You're getting Mahomes and Allen. It's not going to be 50-mile-an-hour winds. It's going to ruin everything. It's just a game no. outside. I do wonder about the snow in the stadium, though. They're shoveling. Well, they're, yeah. they, they're asking for shovelers again. And could the snow – I mean, did they did they remove the snow that was in the stadium for the Steeler game? I'd imagine there's more snow that's fallen on top of it. and they're working Which would to... compact the Steeler yeah. snow. They'll get it out. they got uh-huh. days to do it. They'll get it out. It's supposed to snow until Saturday, I Even think. if they don't get it out, what's the problem? The field will be clear. The conditions, the field will, conditions be clear. will be fine. But, man, some of the videos I saw are just ridiculous well, for what the upper decks was dealing let's with. Let's be real. Do we want the snow in the stadium? Because then the snow explosions <laughs> on touchdowns. <laughs> just enough to just enough for the, the guys yeah. to come out Throwing of the stadium. snow in the air after touchdowns and big plays is fun. I might want that snow there. There was one fan that threw a snowball at the football when I think when Rudolph threw it to the end zone to George Pickens, and I had just a thought, what if, I mean, what a controversy it would be and how stupid it would all be if a one-in-a-million shot where a fan throws a snowball that hits a football in, like, the biggest play of the game. Mm. You're fourth and six for the Chiefs to win it, and a fan hits the ball with a snowball as it's on its way to Travis Kelsey. Nice throw. (laughs) Uh, Don't do that. Don't do that. Would it count? I mean, Jeffrey Mayer became a hero. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, speaking of snowballs being thrown, there was a play during the game against the P- Pittsburgh Steelers where a snowball got thrown onto a play into the end zone, and I thought it was a flag being thrown. Oh. So then afterwards, they're lining up. What? Oh, they're, oh, that was a snowball. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, hopefully no snowballs. It's Football Friday, presented by Tops Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. We'll be back in a snap. Open segment for phone calls. We'd also like to talk about who in this playoffs, all eight teams left, who's got the most pressure right now. Colin Cowherd had an answer that I agree with. I think we should talk about it. 803-0550, your calls when we return. If you want to jump in, jump in. Jeremy and Joe on Football Friday on WGR. Pass back by Middlestat to Darlene. Score! 
scores off the stick in front of the net. Darlene took the shot. And I believe off a Hawks player into the back of the net, and it's 3-0 Buffalo. One of your moments of the game, brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Lamar Jackson back to throw. Guns it into the end zone. Intercepted. Two yards deep in the end zone. Intercepted by Taron Johnson. And he brings it out. And he's still on the run. He may go all the way. He's at the Baltimore 40. The 30 gets a block at the 20. 10, 5. Touchdown! Stop till we let you Last time the Bills were at home in the divisional round and got a win, Taron Johnson. Very memorable. Yes. Pick six. Murph on the call. Nice to hear. And, man, how many times did you watch that pick six? Imagine we get a billion an times. equal moment, whether it's an Allen run, a uh-huh. James Cook play, whatever it is. It's Football Friday, Bills and Chiefs divisional round from Highmark Stadium. Football Friday presented by Topps Market. Score big savings and elevate your food games. It's Jeremy and Joe. Good morning. I've I got a quick question. We'll get some calls. we got some people we want to get to. So that's a Lamar Jackson highlight. Yesterday I saw a clip where Colin Cowherd said that the, the player with the most pressure on him in these playoffs right now is Josh Allen. And I agree. And yeah. Zach Jones, afternoon show, evenings, mm-hmm. you know, Zach, those yep. mid- middays with Josh. He, he asked this question, and I think it's a fair question. I don't have the answer. Why is Lamar not given that title of the most pressure? Lamar's yeah. playoff record is not very good. He's about to take home his second MVP, we think. And if he, have two, if he has two MVPs and no AFC title games, not even a title game, like, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. That said, I still agree because I don't think Lamar gets talked about on the level that Allen and Mahomes are. But shouldn't he? Probably. I mean, but, he, but he, he probably should be. He probably should, but he doesn't. And maybe it's because, I don't know, every time you talk about Lamar and the Ravens, the their offense is treated like it's specialized for him in a way that other offenses are not specialized for their quarterbacks. And I don't even know if that's fair either. But I do think Josh Allen has more pressure on him in this game than Mahomes. 
I think he's yeah, got more sure more pressure than let's run through the rest. CJ Stroud has no pressure, right? Nothing he's, to he's lose. Found money. Same. The Lions. The the. The Niners, you know, is there pressure on Brock Purdy? I mean, not not, not, not as much. Not really. I mean, sure, everybody's going to feel pressure, but... Jordan Love's got zero pressure on him yeah, right now. when it comes to who has the most to gain by winning this game or winning the Super Bowl, of course, everybody that wins the Super Bowl is going to be taken to another planet, but... Yeah. Allen, well, Allen as, as the answer here, did not bother me. I think that there's a, a ton of pressure, and pressure is a privilege in, in some point, right? Because... Allen is great. Everybody knows he's great. Yeah. But maybe it be, maybe it comes down to this. If he loses to Mahomes again in this spot and at home, that starts to become reputation. Yeah. Fair or unfair, QB wins or not. I just think there is a ton on Allen and I I did not I do not disagree. I think I, it's a fair take. I think I see when when you brought this up and teased it, I thought it was going to be about Jackson. Because I think he'd be my answer for this. I mean, who has more to gain? I might say it's Jackson. I might say that Allen is the one who has more to lose. Because the the talking points, the narratives, the discussion, if the Bills lose, will start to sound like Allen can't win the big one. Right? Yep. You're supposed to be the second best quarterback in the league. How come you can't win? And he is on that level. If you go through a, any conversation about the top, the elite quarterbacks in the in the AFC, let the NFL, who's like the next breed? You, it's it's Allen, it's Mahomes, and it's Burrow. Those are the three that always get mentioned. Stroud's about to get mentioned, maybe right? right? Like, but why doesn't Jackson get mentioned? Because he's about to win his second MVP, yeah. and this is where I'd want to say he has the most to gain. Because if Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl, oh, it's totally... there's no you can He is after Mahomes. He's above Burrow. He is above Allen. He maybe should be already because of at least what he's accomplished in the regular season. His thing, for me, this is why it, it even more so should be about Jackson more than Allen. Because his playoff Allen, numbers? Yes. Allen is historically good playoff numbers. Passing his 20 touchdowns, four picks, and a 101 rating. Jackson has three touchdowns, five picks, and a 65 quarterback rating. Yeah. I mean, it's a massive difference between the two. In terms of who's the guy that actually that actually takes a step back in the playoffs. It's not Allen. Allen's not the reason he's lost a lot of these games. Meanwhile, Jackson's the one that just completely, you know, shrivels up when it gets to it. And maybe you're right about it being like a specialized offense over the past couple of years. I'm not saying that that, it is. I'm saying that you constantly hear that about Lamar, and you don't hear that about others. That's true. And I, I do think that was, at least to a large degree, that was true. About the Ravens' offense with but Greg I, Roman, but not so much with Todd Monk. Right, exactly. I do not think that's true about them right now. They're right. running a they're running a pretty normal NFL well, offense. Even so, every offense is tailored around the quarterback. What the quarterback does well and doesn't right. do well. It seems like it's a way to kind of diminish what Lamar has done. But they've but they've figured out that uh, that him being the seventh best passer in the league is more valuable than him being the best runner, because that's what they're doing now. What does he do well? He is good at standing in the pocket and delivering the ball to open wide receivers down the field. Like Lamar Jackson is good at that. So yeah, I, I can listen to it being Allen, but if if I were asked that question, I would definitely say Lamar Jackson's How about got this? the most can, pressure. Can I add this into the pressure conversation? We'll get some calls. The Baltimore Ravens have won Super Bowls. Okay, so sure. let's let's go pressure within their own fan base or league wide. Allen's trying to do something that no one has ever done. 
Lamar's trying to do Win something. Win a Super Bowl for the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Yeah. And that has to be something, right? There are three franchises in these playoffs that have never won the Super Bowl. It's the Bills, the Lions, and the Texans. Yeah. And to win the Super Bowl for the Buffalo Bills, I, I don't know. It doesn't. No, you're right. Yeah. It, it means more than Lamar winning it for the Ravens. They've won it with two different guys in the last 20 years. I think. I think you know. There's. You're, you've kind of won me over a little bit with this because I've. I remember a LeBron quote. Uh, I'm gonna not get it exactly, but paraphrasing. He once said that he felt ten. T- he felt more pressure. To remember, he was the one that was always talked about as you can't win the big one, right? LeBron. He talked about how he thought there was more pressure on him to win his Cleveland championship the f- after he had won two than winning the first one, and he thought it meant more. Yep. Because Deuce. because Miami had won and Cleveland had not. The city hadn't, let alone the Cavaliers. Right, do something that's never been done. Right. Win in Buffalo, the whole thing. Kyle is calling from Puerto Rico on Football Friday. Hey, Kyle, good morning. Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, I just wanted to touch on something that Sal tweeted out last night, and it's some interesting numbers that are gaining some steam about the officiating, and more specifically, Sean Hockley, who's the head official of the game. Um, based on these numbers, Sean Hockley has repped for four Sean McDermott games, and he's been called for 10-plus penalties in 75% of those games. Three out of four of those games, there's been 10 or more penalties on the Bills. Now, I don't want to you know, build in any excuses or anything like that, but keep in mind, Hockley was also the head official for the Eagles game earlier this year, and we saw how uh, lopsided that was. So I, was, I wanted to get you guys' take on that and what you thought about that. I have nothing for it. And I mean yeah. nothing. Yeah. You tell me – I saw this too. I saw Warren Sharp tweeting out a bunch of stats. Warren Sharp is writing for a gambling site these days to give spreads, and it, it all looks like noise to me. What's the implication? That Shane, is it Sean or Shane Hockley? I think it's Shane Hockley. Whatever. That he has it out for McDermott? McDermott's teams right. have been penalized – 10-plus times, 16 times in his career. Mm-hmm. Three of those are Hockley. Mm-hmm. There's another referee on that for two times. For three times? Mm-hmm. For one time? I don't know. Were the calls wrong calls? Are they the right calls? A better question might be how many times does Hockley call other coaches for 10-plus penalties, right? Because some, some officials call more penalties than others. Maybe. The, the number general, is that everybody. Mahomes is 8-2 and two when Hockley is their official. His winning percentage as a starter is about the same. Like, they win most of their games. Right, right. I just, I don't have anything for it because, it, it, it to me, it looks like noise. If you want to say it, say it. Do you really believe that Hockley has it out for McDermott and the Bills? Do you really believe that? If you believe that, I don't know how you watch football. I'm not trying to insult you. Mm. I'm, just, I'm simply trying to say, if I really believed that these guys in stripes had it out for my team, I couldn't watch the sport. I'm, I, I don't yeah. want to ever confuse incompetence with an agenda. Why was that call against the Eagles made? Was the intentional grounding call a terrible call? Why is it made? Because terrible calls get made. We see it all the time. And like Trey Wingo has a thing about this where every week he tweets, just another horrible pass interference call missed in the NFL. Uh-huh. You, if you want to be the guy that points out bad calls all the time, you're going to look really good because there are bad calls every week in every single game. Mm-hmm. Just how it goes. How did Balen Spector not get a fumble recovery against the Steelers? How did that not happen? Who was the ref? I don't know. 
Does that guy miss fumble recoveries all the time? You want to tell me there are 10-plus penalties in three games with Hockley as the official. Were they wrong calls? Or are you mad that they got called? Mm. How many were holding? Defensive holding. You know, his whole crew is in on it? Does Hockley say, all right, guys, here it comes. Make sure we get McDermott for 10. Yeah. So, to me, it's a lot of noise. And it's what I said to you earlier in the week. I don't care about that stuff because I can't care about it. Right. Now, if you want to tell me I, this officiating crew calls more defensive holdings than others, okay. That's what I was going to say. Like The that's, only thing I care about usually is the the rate, how the volume of penalties you call. Because if if you told me that the, the crew coming in Sunday calls the most penalties in the league, then I think I might think home field advantage matters even more, right? Because generally home teams don't have penalties called on them as much. Again, you're kind of guessing, though, even then, right. at, like how that works. Right. The only, and also, Hockey Lee, like, I don't know, I don't see enough about him. The only guy that I'd be, like, really thinking about, and especially because he had a recent, you know, Is controversial. Brad, Brad Allen? Brad Allen, because Warren Sharp did, like, a deep dive into how truly awful he is as an official. Right, but, but awful is not hates no, your right. team. No, right. But you no, want to right. tell me an official is wrong all the time, all right. You want to tell me that they... But, but my worry would be that he that, that that guy might be so bad that at any given moment something that is so stupid is going to go against which it can team? go against either team. That's the thing. But like, I just, but no one it, wants the game decided like that. It, it's coin toss. It's no different if the official is good or bad to me because. But then that becomes what the game's about, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But nobody actually wants all the penalties called either. What you want is not that many penalties called, because the implication here is that ten plus penalties means this official's a real jerk. Did the Bills commit 10 penalties? Did they commit 15 and he mm-hmm. only called 10? One of the points we make in this matchup is, and you make it all the time, Joe, hold on every play. They can't call it every time. So here you've you kind of signed up for the idea of, like, we're going to cheat, and I'm going to count on this ref to not throw flags. Because if he throws three in a row, people are going to they're they're kill him. You can't throw that many flags. Now you're being, in Marv's words, right, an over-officious jerk. There's always this push and pull about what we actually want from officials. We want them to call penalties that are obvious penalties. We also want them to go away most of the time. If there are right. no flags in this game, it will be called like, well, you know, they really let them play. So do that, we know who the uh, official was in the, uh, the regular season game? I do not. Who was it? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking like, is that the guy I want? Because Mahomes tried to fight him <laughs> That's right, he did. at the end of the game. Carl Sheffers, it's not the same referee. I usually, I, for the most part, I don't really care either. I, I, the only thing I ever really look at for officiating is like the volume of penalties. And for this, I, I don't like. I don't think this crew is like number one in the league or anything. Even if they are, right? We're going to want them to call false starts, aren't we? Uh, Juwan Taylor, aren't yes. we? Aren't we yes. really glad they flagged a offside on Kadarius Tony? Mm-hmm. You heard for a week from some people who thought, oh, they shouldn't have called that. They should have should have let know. it go. We, we, right. We don't want – They should have known what was about to happen 20, 10 seconds in the future and, right, and right. not thrown the flag. So for me, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't care who the official is. I hope that we get a good game. I hope that there's a review and it is <laughs> honored. We will have reviews yeah. in this game. CBS, so that means Gene Steratore? Not for me. I'll be at the game. It's my way to escape Gene Steratore telling me what I already can see with my eyes. You just wait. The next incarnation of Gene Steratore is that 
the in stadium he's going to he's going to record explanations for reviews and then during TV timeouts they're going to show you Gene Steratore for uh, 45 seconds explaining why they called that the way they did. The main thing I hate is how right you are. That's totally going to happen. Definitely coming to my future and I yes. I'll, I'll just put on like earmuffs or something. Uh yeah, Football Friday. Thanks for the phone call. I'm not saying you have to agree with me on the officials just it's so much noise and not a lot of to me, predictable truth in there. 803-0550. Football Friday. Presented by Topps Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. Next hour. Carrington Harrison covers the Chiefs. Talks Chiefs in Kansas City. He'll join us about 8.05. We've also got Chris Brown. Topps Tailgate Trivia. All coming up. And your phone calls on WGR. Instant trivia before we hit the top of the hour. All right, ready. The last time the Bills beat the Chiefs in Buffalo was September 16th of 2012. Oh. 35-17. Can you name the three touchdown scores? For the Bills? The four touchdown scores. I'm going to give you one because you'd never get it. Leotis McKelvin at a punt return in that game. But can you name the other three touchdown scores for the Bills? 2012. 2012. This is the last time the Bills beat the Chiefs in Buffalo. Uh, Stevie Johnson? Yep. 50-yard pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Scott Chandler? Scott Chandler. 10-yard pass from Ryan Fitzpatrick. No whammies, no whammies, no whammies. Fred Jackson! No. Ah! Not Fred Jackson, but very close. It, it was. It wasn't his turn. Okay, CJ. CJ Spiller had two. Uh, had two touchdown runs. I knew it. I knew it. Eight oh three oh five fifty. It's Football Friday. Brought to you by Tops Market. Score big savings and elevate your food game. When we return, we'll visit Kansas City. Carrington Harrison talks Chiefs on six ten Sports in Kansas City. We've had him on before. We'll have him on again probably next year. Where are the Chiefs? How do they come into this game? Where's their game? We'll talk about it with Carrington Harrison. That's coming up next. The Chiefs' side of the story here on Football Friday on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 